face it comfortably. Um, many years ago, if you happen to be around my age group, um, there was, a, and you probably heard of it anyway, there was a very popular saying in the 1960s, which was, be here now. And uh, it was actually, the term was coined by um, Dr. Richard Alpair, who was a Harvard psychologist and a colleague of Timothy Leary. And um, he dropped out of his profession and he went to India and trained as a, as a yogi and uh, came back as Ram Das, became a, a well-known teacher in the US. And um, I had the good fortune to, to see him um, in Chatswood many years ago when he did a tour of Australia and he gave a public talk. And I remember him as a man who had a, um, a very loving and joyful presence and uh, was a, an outstanding um, public speaker. Anyway, that's where Be Here Now comes from. You've heard it before, haven't you? Yeah. No. Um, it becomes um, the, the, the object of some um, um, mocking or amusement um, or satire because it became a kind of slogan for the, the kind of hippie movement. Mm -hmm. um, but the words are very, very simple. And, uh, and if you reflect on them, uh, they really um, sum up what our practice is about. So it's not about me being here now. This is the word to just simply be here now. And be, be, be present here um, in this space and now in time. So be, be here in space and time. It's kind of like what that statement is saying. And uh, the, the problem is, is it became a cliched expression, you know, just be here now. We'll just have to say the words magically and you'll be here now. And there's a big difference between a slogan, you know, or a philosophy and the actual embodiment of those words. But the, the embodiment of those words is, is really what we're doing. But to just hear the slogan and repeat the slogan um, is to like to to see them go to a restaurant and see a menu, and you read roast dinner. Right? There's a big difference between reading roast dinner and eating roast dinner. Mm -hmm. Huge difference altogether. One's just words, and just a slogan. The actual experience is about embodying those words in your everyday life. One of the problems that we um, all face in our life and which what creates some kind of dissatisfaction in our life is that we're not completely living our lives and we're, we're, not, we're, not in the, we're not completely in the process of living. Um, we're there observing, standing back, commenting, comparing, etc. And all of that thinking process separates us from, from our experience. And as, as Dogen said, one his, his famous uh, essay called Uji, which translates as being time, being time, is about not, not someone who's going through time, 
identified or time is passing through your experience, it's actually to see that you are time, all things are time. You and I are time. We're not separate from it and we're not separate from space either. We are those things. And when we when we have that sense of we are time and we are space rather than that we're travelling through it as some kind of identity, um, then we're in we're in the process of actually living our lives. And you know we if you if you reflect on um, what's happening in this city right now, you know, people people are driving home, they're in a rush, they want to get somewhere. Um, you know, they're frustrated by the red lights and they want to get through the green lights. They're in a, in a hurry to get somewhere. And at home, someone's cooking a meal and trying to get to the end of cooking a meal and then try and get to the end of eating the meal. And then there's something else you've got to do. And then there's something after that. And then you have to get up the next day and do it again. It's like this, this having to get to the end of something and then there's something else you've got to get to the end of again. And that's how people live their lives. But when, when you are time and when you're in the process of living, um, something kind of slows down and there's a sense of, um, a greater sense of fulfilment starts to develop in your life. Now, last week we mentioned the, um, the example of, um, touch on the example of um, Sisyphus, you know, the, um, the character in, um, um, well, he's in Dante's um, Purgatory. I'm sure he pre-exists that as a, a Greek character. But he's, he's assigned to being in hell and pushing this big rock up a hill and then it goes back to the bottom again. And he goes back and he pushes up to the hill and back, in, back to, again. And, um, and it's considered, you know, when you look at it from the outside, that it's a form of punishment. But if he's just one with rolling, pushing the, the stone up the hill and it comes down and doing it all the time, he's just one with the experience. That's his life. He's in the process of life. He's not stepping outside of it saying, oh, how terrible, I've got to do this for eternity. Right? He, he is that eternity. And in another example from our Zen tradition, going back to Dogen again, when Dogen was a young man and he went to China to study, um, he came across this old man who was actually the Tenzo, the head cook of a monastery. And um, this old man obviously make, makes a very big impression on Dogen as a young man, an aspiring monk. And um, he strikes up a conversation with him and finds out who he is. And, he's, and uh, this man is wanting to buy mushrooms, you know, at the market to take back cook you know for the meal and um and dogan says well why you know why don't you get someone else to do that you've been you know a monk for, an, for a long time you know maybe you should be spending your time doing more zazen and you know reading literature and things like that and the old man says no this is this is my job this is what i do and and kind of i'm paraphrasing it but he kind of says i haven't got much time to waste talking to the likes of you. I've got to get back to the monastery, right, and cook the meal so it's on time, you know. And so Dogen was really struck by the dedication that this old man had to just doing the ordinary everyday tasks of his life 
And I guess it stood out to Dogen because this, this old man was not separated from what people might think a menial task of going to the market and buying mushrooms and taking them home to cook them from the monastery. He's just one with that experience. Right? So it makes an impact on Dogen, you know, and it's part of his growing insight into his own practice. We spend um, so much time, when, when we look at past experience, we spend so much time being conditioned by our memory, right? and our memory um, forms a habit, and then we're just caught up in habit energy doing the same thing all the time. So we get caught by the past, and in the future, we're caught up in planning, predicting, hoping, ambition, you know, what, what we're trying to strive towards. And between the two, we're never really present. We never really come to be here now. Mm -hmm. And the present moment doesn't exist either. Mm -hmm. It's only a, a concept. There's no such thing as the present moment. You don't come out of the past and present into something called the present moment. It's just the transience of circumstances coming and going and changing all the time, right? And we call that the present. But it's not a static thing at all. It's a, a flow of changing circumstances and impermanence. Mm -hmm. And that's what we come back to each time. If, you, if you're just observing your life, you're not one with your life. If you're complaining about your life, you're not one with your life. If you're comparing your experience to other people's experience or something you've experienced before, you're not one with your life. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the essence of Zen practice. No matter what circumstances you are, are in in your life, it's just about being totally in the process, totally in the stream of it not on the outside looking in. <laughs>